Amen. Praise the Lord Christ Church. Can we just give God a hand of praise for he is worthy to be praised. Amen. I am so grateful um, to be here today uh, to share with my home church, one of my home churches. And I'm also grateful (laughs) for many people here from the Light Church and community. I see so many faces out there. Can you all just wave your hands and just come on, give God praise for the Light community. In 2018, when God had called us to a time of exposure, expansion, and education, Keisha, my wife, whom you all know from hosting here in Contemporary, God gave us, well, I wouldn't say God gave us, we had a bright idea. (laughs) We thought that we were going to travel the world, well, at least the country, to visit all of the hottest and trendy ministries that the land had to offer in preparation for whatever ministry we thought that God might be calling us to. However, as providence would have it, Christ Church was our first and our last stop. (laughs) And I'm so glad to be able to share this with the light community as well today because we were captivated by a community of love. And so I want to thank you all for receiving Keisha, Caitlin, Kinsley, and I into this family. We have grown, we've developed great friendships and relationships, and we saw just what God meant by living into exposure, expansion, and education. And so we had an expanded imagination for planting the Light Church in 2020. And when we started, Pastor Dan was gonna allow us to have our first pop-up service here. But then the pandemic happened. So we had to go online, (laughs) as many people did. And it's been a journey. Um, This year we had the privilege of beginning in-person services where we worship uh, once a month and then we continue online and we look forward to just taking it as Tara Beth kind of coaches me one faithful step at a time. So I want to thank you all. I'm so grateful for this privilege. Let me just pray for our time in the word together. Eternal God, our Father in heaven, Scripture says that the entrance of your word gives light. And so as we enter our time in the word, may it be a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet that produces revelation plus healing of heart, mind, body, and soul. As we journey through the word on today, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, I acknowledge you as my strength, my source, and my redeemer. Therefore, let your words wash me first and then produce within us transformation of thought, speech, and deed as we enter into new realms of understanding. Now think through my mind and speak through my lips and deliver a rhema word that ultimately blesses your people. And it's my prayer, I decree and I declare 
that when all has been said and done, we shall be better for having come. All that would agree said amen. 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 The summer that I turned 21 years old, my best friend from high school and I decided that we would go out and do what 21-year-olds could do. Now, it might not be what some of you think, but on this one particular night, we went to a comedy club, and it was a place that you had to be 21 years or older to get in. So that satisfied us. The fact that we can go and pull out our IDs and say, hey, we're 21, let us in, we were satisfied. But it's not the comedy club that I remember the most about that night. What I remember most are the events that happened as we left the comedy club. Sure, we had a good time. We ate really well. We, we laughed. But as we were going back to the car, our car was in a parking garage around the corner, we encountered two homeless men. They were hungry, and they asked us for our food. So here we are walking to the car with our leftovers in hand, and we encountered these men. So immediately, I hand over my container to one of the men. And then in an awkward moment that felt like an eternity, myself and the other two men turned to my best friend from high school who hesitated. And so now we're having this conversation. I'm like, man, give it, give it. What are you doing? Give it. He's like, had this look like, I was going to eat that. <laughs> so he hands it over. But still, that is not what I remember the most about that night. We proceed to the car. We go into the parking garage. What I remember the most was coming out of that garage around the corner to see those two men woofing down the food like there is no tomorrow. It's an image that remains ingrained in my head more than 20 years later, and it breaks my heart. When I think about that night, I got it right. I convinced my friend to give us food, and I immediately gave my food over. But I can't help but to think about times in other contexts, in other situations where I missed the mark. I have to be honest, I miss the mark sometimes, wondering if I will have enough to do whatever it was that I wanted to do. Will I have enough time? Will I have enough resources? Will I have enough money? Will I have enough help to get what I need to get done? Even when I think about Keisha and I and our journey with the Light Church, those were some of the rebuttals. Oh, are we gonna be able to do this? She's got a big job, I got a big job, we've got stuff going on, we got kids. But still, we all face these times, and there's still the call. There's still God tugging at you on things to do. How many of us have been in a place where we knew that something was right to do, but we hesitated? for fear that we wouldn't have enough. Now, most of us would have 
not had an issue giving food to the homeless. I think we're pretty well off here, praise the Lord. But what about those dreams that are bigger than anything that you could have ever imagined? What about that purpose that God has placed in your heart that seems so much bigger and so much greater than anything you could think of? What about those areas of relationship that no amount of money could fix or buy, and we just don't seem to have enough of whatever it is that we need to fix those relationships. Maybe you felt like you didn't have enough money for the project that you set out to accomplish. Maybe you faced an endeavor where you were concerned that you didn't have enough knowledge or expertise to set out on that next goal, to writing that book or that next thing that God has placed on your heart. Yet, through it all, there was a task at hand. You see, the fact of the matter is that we all feel insufficient or lacking at times. But still, there's the call. Still, there's the draw. Still, there's something that God has put on your heart and placed a demand for you to accomplish. And I'm here today to tell you that when God is your source, he's more than enough. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Today's conversation is entitled, The Source. Can somebody just say, The Source? Oh, we got a good class today. Praise the Lord, contemporary, let's go. As we go through the word on today, I really want to see, I want us to see the power of acknowledging the source and then taking however little or however much we have and placing it in his hands. It's a place where we move from limitation to provision. Glory to God. So today I'm going to ask you to remember just two imperatives. Are we ready? Imperative number one, every gift comes from God. Can we say that? Every gift comes from God. Imperative number two, every gift comes for a purpose. Let's say that. Every gift comes for a purpose. So every gift comes from God. And then every gift comes for a purpose. Go with me to James chapter 1 verse 17. Every gift comes from God. I got Bible on it. Let me prove it to you. James chapter 1 verse 17 says this. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. I love the song that was sang earlier today that talks about the fact that he does not change. He was a healer yesterday. He's a healer today. He was hearing our prayers yesterday. He's hearing our prayers today. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So he doesn't, he doesn't change. Glory to God. Yet if we're not careful, we can forget that he is the source. And in that process, it's so easy to place our trust in the things that we see. It's so easy to place our trust 
and people. It's so easy to place our trust in our jobs or careers. It's so easy to place our trust in our resources. It's so easy to place our trust in the stock market. Are you hearing me, people of God? But the source never changes. And so just because something has, when when we place our trust in resources, as opposed to the source, we automatically limit our possibilities to the limitations and confines of the source. So what I mean by this, when that, when, when that job changes, when, when recession hits, now we're limited to the job. Uh, but we have to remember, glory to God, that that contract that you were rewarded was simply a resource provided by God. The job, a resource provided by God. The people God has placed in your life, resources provided by God. Glory to God. So if something goes wrong with the job or the contract or the relationship goes south with the person, it doesn't mean that the source has dried up. But rather, it only means that the source is deciding to use a different resource to provide for you. Thank you for those amens. Amen. I'll never forget when Keisha and I were looking for homes. We had a specific school district that we wanted to be in. uh, And we were in a place where God allowed us to live with my mother-in-love for three years. (laughs) Praise God for mother-in-love. It was a beautiful thing. I mean, you talk about some built-in babysitting. (laughs) I mean, it was was glorious. But we were in preparation, and praise God for my (laughs) mother-in-love. She has been right here at Christ Church with us for these last four years, and we're so grateful for for her. But this home, if you've ever been in the process of buying a home recently, or if you can just remember the past when you were buying a home, you know it can be an emotional roller coaster. Is this the house? Is that the house? So finally, we get into a place. We're in contract on a home. Yet something it just wasn't right. So five days before the closing, I hear Holy Spirit whisper, pull out of the contract. What do you mean, pull out of the contract, Holy Spirit? My wife is going to kill me. What do you mean? <laughs> we, we, we just, last week, we celebrated 16 years of marriage. Praise God on Saturday. <laughs> but back then, I didn't think we were going to make it. She's like, so, so fellas, if, if, or whoever, if you're in a position of making the decision or bringing that type of news to your spouse, oh, you better have been connected to the source. <laughs> so we pull out, we pull out. God was looking to provide something. What I realized in hindsight is that we were limiting our thoughts. We were settling for something that wasn't what God really had for us. Sure, it was in the school district. But man, when I think back to that place, it was kind of a fixer-upper for real. And 
when I think back to the dual agent that we had, somehow who convinced us to put down five times the amount of earnest money, Lord, help us today. We needed the source to pull us out of that contract and praise the Lord, he was faithful and he did. <laughs> and so then about two months later, uh, we're taking our girls to the park district and I hear Holy Spirit whisper again, that same voice that said, pull out of the contract, whispers, Oakbrook. Oakbrook? What? How would that happen? But then two days later, after that whisper, I come out of mom's house on my way into the city to get my hair cut like I always do, and I see them putting our house on the market, the one that we live in right now. Praise God. Now, because of listening to the source, now, we, not only do we have our own room, but mom is just two doors away. <laughs> Lord, help us so we don't lose our, our sitting and our support and our help. We, you, if, if anybody is raising small children, you know if you're a professional and you've got jobs, and Lord, don't, don't think about adding the church on and stuff like that. Oh, my God, mom, we love you. <laughs> Praise the Lord for grandparents. Do we have any grandparents in the building? Can we just clap our hands? My mother and father are here as well. That's another story for another time, but I moved them closer. <laughs> so here's my point. When we're able to look to the source, instead of the resources and the surrounding situations, we're able to unlock the unlimited possibilities that the source has to offer. I didn't think about we were going to be far from mom. Some of the things we don't think about, but yet God knows. Glory to God. Go with me to Mark chapter 6. I want to show you how this plays out with Jesus and the disciples. Mark chapter 6. I'm going to just kind of summarize the first few verses, uh, but the apostles basically gathered around Jesus and they kind of reported to Jesus all of the things that they had done. He sent them out to minister, and they were ministering. They were uh, healing people. Um, and so because they, so many people were kind of coming and going with the disciples, they didn't even have a chance to eat. They were tired. They were, they were tired and weary. Um, and then Jesus says, well, come with me to a remote place by yourselves so that you can rest. How many of y'all know that rest is good? However... In this particular case, uh, the people kind of peep out and see where Jesus and the disciples are going. And the Bible says that from remote towns all over, they come to where they were going and get there before them. So now they've, they've healed, they've, they've preached, they've ministered, they've taught, they're hungry. But yet there's this huge crowd of people saying, give me more, give me more. Jesus, in typical Jesus fashion, has compassion on them as shepherds, as sheep without shepherds, and begins to teach them. So he's teaching them, and now the disciples are like, okay, Jesus, verse 35, uh, by this time it's late in the day, and the disciples are, they come to him and they said, this is a remote place, and it's already really late. Uh, Jesus, could you send the people away uh, so they could go to the surrounding countryside and the villages to buy themselves something to eat. Because if we stay a little bit longer, it's going to be dinner time, and they're going to be looking to us for food. 
So they tell Jesus, could you send them away? Jesus responds to them, and he says, you give them something to eat. Now, there are always two options in life. One option is to say, hey, somebody else needs to do that. The other option is you do it. Same thing with some of our dreams. As we think about those things that cause us to hesitate, we can say, hmm, Oh, somebody else can do that. But then there's God's voice saying, I called you to do that. So I love how that's demonstrated here. So he says, you give them something to eat. So now they say to him, they come back with the rebuttal. They said, well, that would take more than a half year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much money on bread to give them to eat? Jesus says, well, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. Whenever there's a purpose at hand. Our first imperative was every gift comes from God. But the second imperative you may remember is every gift comes for a purpose. So whenever there's a purpose at hand, I just beg the difference that Jesus will cause us to go and see. He tells them to go and see what you do have because see the disciples are in this place of limitation. They're looking at, ah, oh, we don't, that's going to take a half years of wages. We might not have that. But Jesus is already over here in the place of provision. Because, see, when you study it out through the other chapters, this particular story is found in all four Gospels. And when you pull the pieces together, uh, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He already knew. He was, it, it, the other version says he, he was testing them when he asked this question. So Jesus already knowing what he's going to do. He's trying to get them to this place. He was calling for them to look beyond what they physically saw and see what it is that he would do once the resources were placed in his hands. So let's, let's keep reading. Let's see how this plays out. So they said to him, this will take more than a half year's wages. Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? And go and see. <laughs> When they found out, they said, we've got five loaves and two fishes. Verse 39 says, then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties and taking the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he gives thanks and he broke the loaves. First, he has them to put things in order. When there's a purpose, God might be calling us to put some of our resources, some of our mindsets, some of our thoughts and our things in order first. But then he tells them to give me the fish when you study it out in other versions. So they give it to Jesus who's here in the middle. And Jesus then gives thanks to God. In that moment, Jesus says, I'm going to take the resources that we do have and I'm going to give thanks to the source because I'm going to acknowledge that that's where those resources have come from in the first place. So then the next thing, now they're moving to the land of provision because then Jesus begins to break off the bread and begins to serve. He gives it to the disciples. He gives it back to them to then distribute to the people. How many of you all know that God is calling us to take what we have and give it to him and receive it back and be dis distribution centers? My God in heaven. So this is what happens in the word. This is what happens. He gives them the disciples to distribute to the people, divided the two fish. They all ate and they were satisfied. 
And the disciples picked up the 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish, and now they get to eat. Just a real quick side note of leadership. How many of you all know the leader eats last? One of the things I love about Pastor Dan, I've watched him park far away. <laughs> so this morning I parked far away. I'm not, I know they had me here at 7.45 in the morning, but I parked far as I could park away because the leader eats last. Oh, I just said something. <laughs> Glory to God. But a consistent theme throughout the Bible is the notion that God is our source. In fact, God is an unlimited source that will not go dry. Psalm 24 and 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. God owns everything. And so because every gift comes from God, every gift belongs to God. Hallelujah. Philippians 4 and 9 says, But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and his glory through Christ Jesus. How many of you all know that God is the source of our supply? Because every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord, our resources, however they may come, are gifts from the Lord. Our jobs, gifts from God. Our time, our precious time, gifts from God. Our money, gifts from God. Our talents, gifts from God. Our abilities, gifts from God. Our ideas, gifts from God. Those inventions, gifts from God. That purpose, gifts from God. If you don't remember anything else, Imperative number two, every gift comes for a purpose. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so he does this to confirm his covenant, which he swore to our ancestors as it is today. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8 tells us this, and God is able to bless you abundantly in all things at all times, having all that you need so that you may abound toward every good work. When there's purpose at play, God will supply. His word says in Romans 8, 28, and we, he causes everything to work together for the good of those who love the Lord and those who are called according to purpose. So wherever there is purpose at play, there's provision. Point blank, there's provision. Hallelujah. So what are we to do? What are we to do? What are you to do with this information? You and me, what are we gonna do? We must always remember that our resources come from the source. Everything belongs to God. So that means we don't need to be worried about money. We don't need to be worried about those relationships because once we lean in to the source of our supply, the Bible also says that he gives wisdom liberally and upbraid of not. Whatever it is that we need, if it's wisdom, he's got it. If it's resources, he's got it. If it's uh, ideas about how to use our time more wisely, he's got it. 
Glory to God. I want to share one passage from 1 Timothy chapter 6. And I'm going to read it from the Message Bible because I feel like it gets straight to the heart of the matter. 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning at verse 17 in the message. It says, tell those who are rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever manage to do good, to be rich in helping others. And I love this part, to be extravagantly generous. I'll never forget when we went to the membership class of Christ Church, it blessed Keisha and my soul when we saw that one of the pillars of this church was to be extravagantly generous. And I don't know about you, but I want to be extravagantly generous. I want to live in a place that I'm free to serve. I'm free to give. I'm not worried about um, uh, the resources because I know that they come from the source. And so Keisha and I try to pattern our lives in that way. Because the Bible tells us right here in 1 Timothy, if they do that, they'll build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly life. Ask yourself, how is God calling you to use however little or however much you have? How is he calling you? I'll never forget the image of those two homeless men. They were literally woofing down the food we gave them. Like someone gasping for air and they couldn't get enough. They were woofing it down. And when I think back to that night, I can't be but help to be thankful that at least for that one moment, God used us to meet a need. And so when I think back to that moment, I have to ask myself and us the question, who's out there waiting for you with the degree of urgency of needing air or needing food? How, who's out there waiting for your time? I know that time can change the trajectory, just an investment, a word, one word, listening to someone. It's not always about money. But time can change the trajectory of an entire life, an entire generation's investment of time. Who's waiting for your talent? Who's waiting for your gifts? Who's waiting for you to show up? What areas of your life is Jesus saying, you do it. You feed them. You spend the time with them. You impart into their lives. You give and send somebody to college. Glory to God. I want to send some folks to college. Amen. Hallelujah. And I believe that God will empower us to do whatever he places on our hearts because our hearts are sold out and willing to take those resources 
place them in his hands and allow him to move them to a place of provision. Hallelujah. So as I prepare to take my seat, I'm told that preachers get three closes. This is the first one, okay? We might have one or two more. But I want to share the words of a pastor, theologian, and professor known for his works on spiritual discipline and formation. This is Richard Foster, and he's simply speaking about a spiritual practice called simplicity. Here it goes. If what we have, we can receive as a gift from God, and if what we know is to be cared for by God, and if what we have can be available to others when it is clearly right and good, then we are living the inward reality of simplicity. But if what we have, we feel that we alone have gotten, and if what we have, we believe it's up to us to hold on to, and if what we have, we cannot make available to others when it is clearly right and good, then we are living in duplicity. Imperative number one, every gift comes from God. Imperative number two, every gift comes for a purpose. Imagine a life where we live freely in simplicity, a place that whatever God places on our heart, we readily do it. We willingly take what little or much God has given us, place it in the hands of Jesus, allow him to place it back into our hands so that we can be distribution centers of our time, our talent, and our treasures. Imagine a life where what we do impacts people's lives for generations and generations to come. When I think about the people who have invested in my life, I realize that Caitlin and Kinsley's life will be different because they invested in me. So how dare I not take what a Pastor Terrence Shane put in me, what a Pastor Dan Meyer put in me, what a Pastor Eric put in me, and not give it to others and pay it forward. I want to see lives change. I want to see lives transform. Imagine a life where we live in simplicity. It's just that simple. So as I make my second close, I want to encourage us to receive the fullness of God's provision in every area of our lives. And I'm going to leave you with these key questions. The first one, and, and, and Light Community knows we love homework. So these are your reflection questions for homework, amen? Question number one, what areas in life can I increase my trust in the source? Question number two, how might God be calling me to demonstrate my trust? And then question number three, what purpose is God calling me to fulfill? Because when it's attached to purpose, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to purpose. God will provide. Oh, taste and see that the Lord 
is good. And blessed is the man that trusts in him. Pray with me. Eternal God, our Father in heaven, thank you. We thank you that according to Isaiah 55 and 11, your word will not go out and come back void, but rather it will prosper in the very thing whereto you have sent it. So I thank you for these, my precious friends and family here at Christ Church and all those who are listening. I pray that your word would prosper in our lives this day forward to impact generations and generations to come. Let us live in a life of simplicity where we trust you, God, where we willingly place our dreams, our resources, our hopes in the source. There's no other name that's greater than the name of Jesus because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. All that would agree said amen. God bless you.